Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It's not another Buffalo podcast. With John. Roy Kent is like the best character in that show. Oh, he is. Like, boy, Phoebe. And Brando. <laughs> dude, you sound like Roy Kent. Are you serious? Uh, You've been holding on on this? On Buffalo Rumblings. All right, folks, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John, and I am always here with my buddy Brando. Here on a Wednesday afternoon, getting that summer early afternoon taping in, because thankfully I work from home. And uh, Brando's on summer vacation. So uh, how are you enjoying that so far? Oh, I miss my students. I don't know. I have a great (laughs) job. I'm one of those few people that like, I love my job every day. And when it stops happening, it's kind of sad. So everybody loves summer vacation, but I love... Even getting up early and everything. I'm up. I was up early today. It just kind of happens now. I, I feel like... When you're accustomed to that, you know, 5.30 rise time, it doesn't really matter. You're up one way or the other, which sucks. Um, when there's <laughs> nothing to do during the summertime and it's like, I thought, yeah, 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 I twiddle my thumbs, but I golf, you know, it's, there's hobbies outside my cat's getting some attention, seeing my family more. So it, it's always a little bit of an adjustment just because being busy, busy, busy all year. And then in the summer, I, I'm not going to complain about it being summer vacation. I'm uh, very happy, <laughs> but I do miss my students and my job. But I think if you uh, if you have a job like that, you're pretty lucky, right? You're pretty lucky. So I consider myself in a good spot. But I just think it's funny because we talked about it last time. NFL players have to go from you know May, June, and July. Don't do anything stupid. Don't get in trouble. You know, don't make the news. Teachers are the same way. Don't do anything stupid from June, July, and August, right? Don't don't uh, don't do anything that creates headlines. So we're here. We're yeah. golfing, listening to sports talk, talking about sports, yep, ranking yep. things, drafting it is, things. It is the slow part of the season where Ross Tucker is, uh, you know, tagging every single Bills podcast and all of his very hot takes about <laughs> coaching decisions and stuff like that. The most recent being obviously the extensions of McDermott and Bean, which were announced this past week. I'm sorry, they were announced last Friday. Uh, it was Friday morning, wasn't it? After minicamp, maybe? Yeah, yes, after, it definitely was after, after our show came out and definitely after we we tracked it. So yep. it's been a few days now, but obviously there's not a lot else to talk about. But I think this is important too, because Ross Tucker's take at least, and maybe some fans as well, was that why would you extend McDermott if he's got two years left on his deal through 2025? So you could have evaluated him for the next two years, get two more seasons before you have to make a decision. And I kind of understand that. But like, what's your instant reaction to that? Uh, I don't want to be cryptic or anything, but I think you always should wait a year because two years in the NFL is a lifetime. We were just talking about potential trivia and I am pulling up names of head coaches who sign their deals and then they get fired within one year. Or I'm looking at head coaches that win a Super Bowl within one year. And there's like a long list for both of these. I mean, the Super Bowl in one year is only two, but in the first couple of years, I think it's like 12 within the first two years. So there's a lot of volatility in NFL head coaching, whether you're good or you're bad, you stay long time with your team or you're, you're a quick exit. But having McDermott, it's we're kind of skewed 
And I'm sure other sports cities are like this too. I could see it being like that in Philly when Andy Reid was there and maybe a little bit in New England. And But then you get into a place like we were Buffalo, Detroit would fit this, Miami would fit this. When you have these turnstiles of coaches, but all different coaches, right? You have Rex Ryan, who was just a clown show, right? He, he gets the Bills truck. He puts the arcade in the locker room and the team's not focused and yada, yada, yada. You get all this crazy stuff. And then you get, you know, Doug Marone, Chan Gailey, Mike Malarkey. You go down the list. These guys are not names in the NFL that ever had respect. They all kind of clashed some way or another with the personnel that we had here. I think about the regime switch with Jim Schwartz when he left and Rex Ryan comes in and they go from like a top four, three defense to try to be a three, four defense and it blows up and they have a Chan Gainley led offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then Doug Marone and then Doug Marone <laughs> shows up. See, I don't even remember his name and I just didn't like him at all. Right. He quit via text message. That's just yeah. such a coward move, but and that when was you have all that was those... right after the Pagulas bought the team. Yeah, that was yep. that was their introduction to coaching. And yep. there's a lot to get into here, but I think there's a lot of angles to look at it from. Because my instant reaction was like, okay, you know, like you didn't have to extend the contracts, but you look at it from the Pagulas' perspective. What they want, what what do they want out of their teams? They want them to consistently be good. They want stable organizations. And while we, the fans, the last couple of years have been left wanting more at the end of these seasons, and it's completely debatable whether you want to attribute that to how the players played or how the coaches coached and, and the scheme and things like that. If you're someone who thinks that they should have waited, you're probably like, you watched McDermott get out schemed in some of these big games. And it, it seems to look apparent on the field. That's not the complete story, I don't think. Um, but if you're someone who didn't want him to get extended, I think maybe you you think that. But from the Pagula's perspective, it's it's more about they found their guys and they they've not just, you know, created a culture here of winning. But like think about the contrast of what, like you were just saying, what these teams looked like before the Pagulas got here for 17 years, not just like a streak of bad coaches. It was 17 years of not making the playoffs. And then Sean McDermott comes in and makes it in his first year. So, and those people that also don't like McDermott will say he has elite quarterback play. He has one of the top three quarterbacks in the world. How have you not made a Super Bowl appearance yet? And to that, I would reply, he's made the playoffs twice without good quarterback play. He's made the playoffs twice with mid-20s quarterback play. Tyrod Taylor and Josh Allen's rookie season were both subpar QB play. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my heart hurts when you say that about Josh's sophomore season. But yeah, sophomore season. Sorry, not rookie season. His rookie season. His rookie were, season, he was bad. Sophomore six, Josh six was ten. fun. You know, a, a fun. Yeah. <laughs> fun is a nice way to describe a heart attack. If yeah. if you're talking about it that way, definitely stressful. But yes, fun because he he showed this potential, right? His ceiling. But not to get too far off topic. With McDermott, you kind of know what you're going to get. You are not going to get this genius offensive-minded head coach. We talk about the Falcons head coach. And Dan, Quinn Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle Shanahan. That's my favorite example. Pull up Kyle Shanahan's record. I know he hasn't had it's spectacular it's great. QB play. It's great. He has a great record. Can you pull yeah. it up? Yeah, hang on. I'm just saying it's great. In the playoffs or record? Record is head coach. Give me his, give me his wins percentage and oh, McDermott's win percentage. Okay. 
Did you prep for this? Did you set me up for this? I kind of did because they you had some bad seasons. They had some bad seasons there. Yeah. Before they were good. All right. Hang on. It's it, it's not looking good. Okay. Coaching results. I mean, was there anywhere else he was a head coach before San Francisco? No, no. that was his that was his first job. Okay. In 98 games over six years, starting in 2017 through 2022, he's 52, 46 and 0. But that includes a six and ten, a four and twelve season back to back, thirteen and three, six and ten, ten and seven, thirteen and four. So he's I don't know two duds, a boom, a dud, boom, boom, injuries, no quarterback. I don't know, but if you look at if you look at his offensive rankings, the guy I mean it's like what was this like? Third in yards, fourth in yards, fifth in yards, fourth in points, first in points, second in points, sixth in points, fifth in yards. Like he's got, he's got some intangibles as McDermott did as a defensive call. You know, you could, I could, you set me up, John, you set me up. All right. You set me up. <laughs> but I, all I'm saying is too, is like, what other coach are you replacing McDermott with right now? If Brian if Johnson, offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. Wild card. That's it. That's it. You don't know if you're going to get the guy who puts you over the hump or, or someone who's going to hold you back, you know, or if it's someone who doesn't have you, you at least know that McDermott knows how to manage a team of men manage. He, he does a lot of things the right way and whatever you want to say, he has a growth mindset and I think he's gotten better. He has not gotten worse over these seasons. Yeah, and we talked about and, that last episode. If you want to complain about his performance in big games, I'll also point to, the Bills roster objectively on paper has been outmatched in some of these big games. It's been outmatched. Well, I think this is the, Chiefs, all, this is interesting. the Chiefs and the Bengals had better rosters last year. Yeah. Well, I you think could they also had better say, rosters uh, on 13 seconds. They were outmatched. Yeah. And you could, the only ones that I think you could argue with the Bills are better than the Colts. They won. They're better than the Ravens. They won. You think against that Houston game, Deshaun Watson's better than Josh Allen at that point with DeAndre Hopkins. Their roster is probably better. The Chiefs that beat him in the championship game are better. So, but it's interesting that you, you put it the way that you did because I think if you're a national pundit, you look and you say you have two years left on your deal. That's an eternity. It didn't have to be done now. First of all, if you're a national pundit, who cares? Because like, what, what what's it matter to you so much <laughs> that right. the Bills added their coach? Secondly, you could pull these mistakes from these games, but it's like you're a rookie until you're not. And you're young until you're not. And we have to remember every single year, 31 coaches can't win the big game, right? This is just Bill Belichick has this like mind frame of BS where he wins them all. But like <laughs> normal coaches might win one or two Super Bowls in their entire career. And you get the Mike normal, McCarthy normal syndrome. Normal good coaches. Maybe. Normal, like normal above average approaching exceptional coaches. We'll yeah. probably get there because so much of it, these are not seven game series. You know, you can have the best team. You can have the most prepared team and stuff can still hit the fan when it comes to, to game day. There's so many other factors. So all you can really do is get there, get to the playoffs and be as ready as possible. And there's so it's, it's luck at that point. You know, you can yeah. look back in hindsight and say, oh, this team was more prepared. But football is a game of inches and outcomes are not always determined by which team is better. 
you know, outcomes are sometimes determined by coin tosses. If you want to look at it that way, there's a well, million things. There, that, there's a know. saying it's like outcomes are determined when luck meets preparation. Right. Right. Yeah. But with the NFL playoffs, you know, if, if, if the best team won every year, I think the chiefs would have more Super Bowls. Because they've been the best they, team. They might most years. be in the middle of it. You know, they might be in the middle of it right now. How many does Mahomes get? He's got two. They don't win every year. Even when the I mean, the Patriots were the best team in 2007. They didn't win the Super Bowl that year. But you know, what did they, it take? It takes a story to knock them off. Why did Mahomes not win his rookie year? Because of that overtime thriller in Kansas City in the championship game. That would that would have been his first year playing as a starter, but that was yes, his second year. Yes. So he was so a sophomore rookie, career, but. yeah. But like the reasons why these great players lose every Brady Super Bowl that is a loss is iconic, right? You need to have something miraculous happen to beat the greats. Joe Flacco had to throw for an enormous amount of yards and touchdowns to win a Super Bowl MVP. And where Pat's in his grave somewhere, you know, not in his grave. Pat's not dead. <laughs> no, Pat's somewhere turning over his pillow. He's like, oh, Joe Flacco. And, uh, but he did it. And that's what it took to beat a Patriots team in the dynasty. And we're going to have to have something. We almost did. You had it. You had a legendary Josh Allen performance, two fourth quarter comebacks, and you blew it. But that doesn't mean they can't get back to that exact scenario again and use your brain and experiences gained to change the outcome of what's going to happen next time you're up two or one or in a tie you're not going to do that again but it's like how often you know what's the push what's the shove here oh are, are you a tiger with stripes or uh you know what's the, what is it are you a zebra with stripes or are you a black and white cow you know i don't know what it is like you, you i can't have tell never heard that before in my well life. i just made it so, up then so okay, I, the I'm point glad, is i'm glad you came up with that because i wasn't going to be able to help out <laughs> Well, yeah. And, you know, I think McDermott has shown us who he is and he coached. Let's remember he's coached through the pandemic and it was dicey for a little while with the personalities. And they say things aren't always as they seem. And you have two prominent offensive and defensive coordinators leave and he's changed coaching, he's changed personnel. So I think he's earned to be here at least through Josh's age 30 season, maybe. It's four more years, which is through the new stadium. You have all of these things coming up where you don't need to be a distraction. And you know, you got Von Miller in here. You got Emmanuel Sanders in here. You've gotten a lot of good players that want to come here because of what McBean has built. So I think that alone, the credibility in the league, you saw Von Miller come here and now he's getting mentored by Brandon Bean. These things are invaluable to a franchise. And that doesn't really matter how you do because they're a contender every year. And it's not like you just pulled a Denver Broncos situation where you had a roster with a quarterback and an established head coach and they sucked, right? Russell Wilson sucked. So I don't know. I get it. Maybe you wait a year to just to kind of show them that there's pressure. But if you're a uh, team owner, you don't want that. We're not, they're not fans. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think there is pressure. And, and here's why, you know, if someone says like, what's the, what's the harm in waiting a year, right? Like they had two years left on their contract. There's no need to do it now. A couple of reasons. One, they can always get fired. Like they'll be owed money, but you can fire a coach whenever you want. You know, it's, it's not like, oh, well, we extended them for two years. Now we can't hire a new coach. Like if something happens this year where they go four and 14 and it's not, I'm sorry, four and 13, and it's not because of injury or anything like that, 
you're you're on the hook for the money, but coaches are not paid like Josh Allen. You're not on the hook for fifty million dollars unless yep. you're the Raiders who signed John Gruden to a hundred million dollar deal, which was just stupid. But well, I have anyway. a funny story for you. Well, you're just talking about paying fired coaches and the Colts. They fired Frank Wright and Matt Rule, so they're paying them both. I mean, that might be upwards of like $80 million. <clears throat> I know Frank Wright has $36 million left, $9 million a year, and just not to coach. But the NFL, over the last five years, has spent $800 million on fired coaches and executives that are not working. So you talk about economics being crazy. That's the only risk. And if you are a money mogul, the NFL is a money mogul. Any franchise brings in hundreds of millions of dollars every year. As a, You just sign your name on the dotted line and your cash flow comes up like $400 million a year just by owning yeah. a team. So if you're a fan of a team and you're like, you don't want to be on the hook for all that money, it's it's the team owner's money. This It doesn't count against the salary cap because yeah. we can complain about sal- player salaries getting left on the books if they don't make the team or they get cut or dead money because that money counts against the cap and prevents you from getting any other players. If Sean McDermott gets fired tomorrow, that money doesn't count against anything except for Terry Pagula's wallet. And Terry, I'm thankful for everything you've done for the city of Buffalo, but I, you know, like that's, that's not my money. I, I could care less as a fan, yeah. right? He might um, be mad. Yeah, he might be mad. I mean, he paid Ralph Kruger for another year after, but that was the right decision. Anyway, and it also, it just, it really gives a message of stability. And that's important for, it's probably less so now that the Bills are a good team, but that's important for free agents that are thinking about coming here. Think about it. To know that your coaching regime and your GM regime is so stable that it's in place for the next four years. And it's already been around for six. Yeah. That's... That's really good to know that you're going into an organization. You're not taking a chance on a rookie head coach who could flop. Yeah. You know? And I think you give it you give it 10. They get they can get 10 years. And the the fact that's always interesting is I think it's like outside of John Madden, no coach has won the Super Bowl with their team after their 7th year. Yeah. And so that's, I thought that that's was fascinating. Such, that's a very specific statistic. Like that's yeah. just you can just you can drill your confirmation bias all over that statistic yep. all you want. But yeah, when Sean McDermott wins the Super Bowl next year or the year after, like we're going to laugh at that statistic. Yep. You know, well, it's the it same was- thing. It's, it's, it's so interesting because it's just like John Elway couldn't win a, the Super Bowl, right? And he wins this in his last two years. And it's Peyton Manning couldn't do it until he did it. And these NFL, what's the average NFL coaching contract length? How long does it like the you say the player the NFL player's career makes it three years, so you, on average from every single player in the league. So what's the average NFL head coach expectancy? It's got to be, be like like four three years, and a half, three and a half, yeah, maybe. Maybe so because the average bad coach, even the average bad coach, gets two years typically. Yeah, but that's it. Some, I mean, the patience is being getting less and less over the last decade, probably. Yeah. Anyway, I, it just blows my mind the McDermott hate that has been popping up. And again, he can be criticized just like any part of the team. He's made decisions that's lost them games and people forget about the decisions that he's made that have accumulated in them winning games. The biggest statistic that you can take, the biggest sample size is how many wins they have since he's been coach. Yep. Sean McDermott is, has the highest winning percentage of any coach in Buffalo Bills history. And you're talking about firing him? Like, it just blows my mind. It's just, again, it goes back to me, my point of 
if you're a national media pundit, maybe you can see that you have goggles on, right? You you might treat Detroit, Buffalo, the Jets, Washington, you know, the the Raiders. Who are who are some of these other teams that just are kind of in the bottom of the barrel and or have the been Jags. in the bottom of the barrel? Pardon? Have been in the bottom of the barrel yes, as far as yes. franchises, like yeah. franchises yeah, yeah. that don't have Super Bowls. Yep. So if you're in those media markets, which is like 15 markets, they're going to say this is a good move. You you might get in the top five markets where it's like Green Bay fires him with Mike McCarthy after a decade or Jason Not Garrett. Miles. Jason Garrett. Thank you. Yep. He was there for a long time, gets fired. You know, Andy Reid with the Eagles is always the one that everybody brings it up to. But like he went to Super Bowl. Like there's just he had one bad season and that, that was the excuse for him. But and I they have didn't a stat fire here. him. They didn't fire Andy Reid in Philadelphia. His contract was up. They chose yeah, not they, to renew him. He just was a free agent. So, so after a four and twelve season, maybe, but it was like Kevin Cobb and Mike Vick, all, all this crap was happening. But Sam Bradford, maybe. But this thought process of this being a bad move is not ideological to what the scope of the NFL actually is. So right. this is a funny stat, but it was came out in 2017. So it might be a little dated, but since the start of the 2000 season, the average tenure for an NFL coach is 3.9 years. So as soon oh, as they're hired, right, right in between what we guessed. Yep. It's, it's like a high school degree. You go for four years. It's a college story, right? It's your, that's what you get. And we are, we have exceeded it. And you know, you might make the playoffs once, you get to retool. You get three drafts, right? You get two or three drafts. They say you can turn a franchise around with two drafts, which we kind of saw. You know, we've talked about the drafts here, yeah. but the egregious mistakes, the off the field nonsense, the missing on draft picks, it all will add up the longer that you're with a franchise. So McDermott has not hit his quota yet. And I don't care how many people will blame him for 13 seconds or the squib kick or challenges he sucks at challenging calls gotten better but yeah but i'm never gonna argue with because of the way that this team is ultra aggressive they are go for it they followed the analytics by textbook they don't have some bum punting from fourth and four on their 40 yard line yeah those are the things that bring me back to him and keeping him because you yeah need to there's find an these interest- guys. There's an interesting statistic. It's not win percentage above expected, but it's it's a metric used to determine how a coach hurts or helps their team within their in-game decisions. McDermott is at the top of that list. Yes. He's in the top five consistently every single year, if not number one, actually, because they go by the analytics. I think he's number one in choices that don't hurt us. Yeah. And he's like middle of the pack of choices that make your team better, like a questionable one. Like he'll lean more aggressive than conservative, not by a ton, but he leans that way. But it's the part of not hurting you. And like if you punt on a fourth and four, it hurts you. So it, it accounts for those sort of things. You know, if it makes you go right. from a 55% chance to to win if you go for it to a 53% chance to win if you go for it, like that's a 2% chance that it's hurting you. So those are the metrics that are all counted into that. I thought that was an interesting stat because he is not... Bill Belichick punting from fourth and two, or he's, you know, he's not Harbaugh or Tomlin. And I don't know. It doesn't matter. Vic Vangio, whoever you need, whoever you need to name. So, but yeah. And I, I just, I am okay. If you want to take the stance that McDermott is an A or an A minus coach or even a B plus coach. I'll take a B plus coach. I, I would put him in a B plus. I would put him and Brandon Bean both at A minuses or, or maybe even A's. 
but but the people who want to replace them think that A plus coaches just grow on trees. How yes. many A plus coaches are there in the league right now who are Four. at the top? It's it's Andy Reid and maybe Bill. I don't think Bill's at the Kyle top of his Shanahan. game. Kyle Shanahan is another one that you could probably pull up. But again, he took years to get there. Yeah. And so there's no guarantee that if you fired McDermott tomorrow and replaced him with the best offensive head, you know, hot shot young coach, which hasn't been working out lately, if you've looked at some of the coaches, you're more likely to have another 17 year drought than you are to replace him with a coach who's yeah. better. And that's like, a good point. That's a very good point because you, you think about like John Harbaugh, take a special teams coordinator, taking a chance. Again, it's so funny because the NFL is littered with coaches from that Andy Reid, Joe Johnson coaching tree. But I think about it like students. And I use this example sometimes in teaching when you're trying to give news about a student. He's like, there will always be C students and that does not make them bad. There's a reason why that you can be average just because your kid's not a prodigy or an A plus student getting all 90s. It's like there, there are average kids for reasons and that doesn't make them bad. And in the NFL... You have somebody that's think of an average coach. Average Ooh. is bad in the NFL. In the NFL like, is bad, but we have an above average coach. But there's exactly. so much average in the NFL. Like the to finish nine and eight or an eight and eight and nine and seven, seven and nine, those are mediocrity. But the difference between a twelve and four season and a ten and six season and a nine and eight season and a seven and nine season. It's like Dick Duron, Chan Gainley, Rex Ryan, Doug Marone. All these guys, like you saw it. We saw it in Buffalo. And now we have somebody that crosses the I's and dots the T's and he, he is above average and you see it in the win total. So you could go back to average if you want to. You might get lucky, but you let this guy develop into somebody who's above average and who was above average before he came in borderline, you know, top of the line. Like he is, he is at the top of the line of the NFL. You look around, you know, Brandon Staley could be on the hot seat in San Diego or in LA with the Chargers. And just look around. Who would you replace him with and get better results? So when you and, saw that Ross Tucker had coach ranking, it's like I can understand you picking him on him a little bit, but there's no way he's less than ten. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're accounting for success, like previous yeah. success yeah. in this. Um one last point, too. I just want to put this in everybody's minds. Who was the last head coach that Terry Pagula hired for the Bills before he found his savior, Sean McDermott? Rex Ryan. Do you want... No. I wonder if his like, teeth were as white then as they are now when he's on TV. I hate him. I can't stand him. He's such a tool bag. Yeah. Good NFL coaches don't grow on trees. And it takes a while to break. This is not the NBA where you can bring in a coach and win a championship that year very easily. It's, you know. The NBA has a hard time doing it too, which is funny because like yeah. Golden State got lucky. It's just hard to do it in general unless you have, like I think of the Red Wings with Scotty Bowman, Buffalo native. They bring in, they have like nine Hall of Famers out of a, like an, a 15-man roster, which is like one of the best teams of all time. And they couldn't do it. So they bring Scotty Bowman in and then they win. And then he retires. So it's yeah. like they're all 38, 37, 36 years old. And they needed somebody to work with them. And it's like a specialized player or Steve Kerr with the Warriors and, and Steph. You have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond. They're already there. And they just need a little push. It's not like our offense isn't working. It's not like the defense isn't working. It's these little, these little things that the little details that can be ironed out and learned with experience. So if you want to have... A new guy come in, you're starting from scratch. Who's going to have to relearn these things? 
Whereas you're already you're already seven years deep with McDermott. He's gotten better. And you don't have to deal with the rookie mistakes. Yeah. If you, if you want to complain about getting out schemed in some of these games, like if if you think McDermott is outmatched as a head coach, go with a different offensive coordinator next year. There's pieces of that that would contribute to the outcome better than just firing McDermott and building everything up from from the ground. Yeah. Well, then like, you lose his staff too because McDermott's going to get hired somewhere. Exactly. He might bring Eric Washington. He might bring in... Joe Brady, he might bring in Chad Hall again. He might bring in these guys that were around here. And now you're you're not only losing your franchise, you're starting from zero. And you think the guy that you are going to bring in can bring in a better staff. And again, the staff is so crazy because it took McDermott a couple of years to get things shaken out, whether it was changing his offensive coordinator. And- yeah, do you remember? I mean, not Greg Roman as an offensive coordinator. Who was, who was the Josh Allen's rookie season? Who was that yeah. guy? Oh my God, I can't remember his name. I can see his face though. Rick Dennison. Rick Dennison. Do you guys remember the years of Rick Dennison as an offensive coordinator? We've come we've come so far. They know that he is capable. He can evaluate talent. And you don't know that another guy coming in here is. Like you get you're getting Rex Ryan, you're gonna get his twin brother Buddy. Is it Buddy Ryan? Like, does he know what he's doing? I don't know. Buddy Buddy Ryan is their dad. dad? Who's Rex Ryan's twin brother? I don't know. Doesn't matter. You just know he's gonna be on your coaching staff one way or another. I think. And it's it's just like you, John Fox is on a coordinator duty right now in Detroit because he knows Dan Campbell. And it's like Bill O'Brien is because he knows Bill Belichick. It's like these guys aren't they're recycled material. And that's why it's cool that McDermott has built his whole staff and he's cycled through coordinators now and they're still successful. So you can see, you know, it's like a high school pro basketball pro at any sports. If you can retool a team and make it through a recruiting class and then do it again it gives you credibility in the league. And McDermott's done that. Well, sweet. We should get a break in here real quick because we're super over time. But uh, when we come back, I think we got some trivia ready to go. So stick around for that. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, John, this is tricky. We talk about coaches that come into the league and take over a team. So I'm looking at the past history. I'm looking since 2000. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows when you replace the incumbent head coach. But that being said, uh, there are coaches that have done it. Uh, I want to say 12 of them have done it. But I have since 2000 had coaches who have won the Super Bowl within their first and second years. I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I have six here since the year 2000. Six coaches that have won the Super Bowl in their first two years. Since the year 2000. Oh, gosh. And you you should know most of these. Okay. I got to start working backwards in Super Bowls here. All right. What's his name in... 
Los Angeles didn't do it in his first two years. He got there in his first two years, but they lost to the Patriots. This is win the Super Bowl, right? Not get to the Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin did it. He beat the Cardinals 27-23 after taking over for Bill Cowher. Mike McCarthy. No, Mike McCarthy is not on here. He must have done it in like year three or four because that was early on and then they never made it back. Yeah. Think early 2000s first. Um, I got to work my way backwards. I'm, I'm going to say Andy Reid. No. Andy Reid is not on here. No, that's right. Because he had Alex Smith for a second there yep. when he got to Kansas City. Early 2000s? Yep. All right. Bill Belichick? Yes. Bill Belichick took over the New England Patriots and made them the most dominant football team in the 2000s. He actually flopped in his first head coaching job with the Browns. Right. So it was in his second season with the Patriots where he benched Bledsoe and started Brady and the rest is history. Yep. Um, There is another one before Bill Belichick. Next up. uh, I don't know if this is, this isn't the one that I'm thinking of. Uh, John Gruden. Next guess. Um, Let me see here. Yes. So John Gruden did it with the Bucks after taking over for Tony Dungy. And then the guy, there's a year before that. Somebody also did it. All right. Um, I wouldn't get this guy. He's probably the most uncommon name on here just because of the way his team did it. They were a little different. Oh, gosh. It's not like Jeff Fisher or something stupid, right? No, but you're like close. I can't remember. That was actually when, did Jeff Fisher coach for the Titans when they were in that Super Bowl before he went to the Rams? I don't know. A good question, right? This guy would have been in the same conference as Mike Tomlin and in that division. Oh, same division, AFC North. Yep, okay. Let's see who won the Super Bowl from the AFC North in the early 2000s. So, would that bit have been the Ravens in the year 2000? Yes, um, who was their head coach then? It was not John Harbaugh. Nope. Should I know this name? Double B's. Like, how well should I know this name? All right, I'll give it to you. It's Brian Billick. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that one. Yep. Sorry, early do that. I was four. All right. Um, (laughs) How many is is that? That's four of them, right? Two more. Two more? Yep. All right. Um, don't give me years yet. Let's see. Pete Carroll was with the Seahawks for a while before they won it. This guy. Um, oh, 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 I got one. It's uh oh, it's what's his name with the Broncos when yes. he came in. He stepped um, in after they fired John Fox, uh, surprisingly. And this was... offensive coordinator is Adam Gase. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that part. Um, this guy was also a quarterback. I can see his face, and then he he quit after two years and was I think just like he, I'm done I think he sucked after this this is one of those situations that like any of us could have stepped in and let Peyton Manning just wear the sheriff's hat and, and stand there and probably say, Go probably team. probably I bet they probably would have won the Super Bowl with John Fox anyway it rhymes with Harry Gary Gary Kubiak thank you Gary okay. Kubiak Gary yep. Kubiak took me a second all right last um, one the last one, this article was written before this head coach did it. It was during Super Bowl week. They talk about the fact that this player took over one of the most toughest jobs in the NFL. 
and he was kind of replacing a legend, but there was somebody in between that wasn't very legendary. Uh, and then the team that he was taking on, he was really shorthanded taking this team on. Um, but he also threw in one of the most iconic plays in Super Bowl history. Um, oh, are you just talking about Doug Peterson? Doug Peterson with the Philly special and taking over for Andy Reid after Chip Kelly kind of okay. tore everything down. I should yes, have just guess that. I was thinking Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson. Yep. That was year two for him, correct? Yep. Yep. And they so, got fired a couple years later. So uh good job. Interesting. We made it Yeah, that's it. that's nuts. So but. all right. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at not buff podcast and TikTok. Again, we'll be posting soon, I promise. <laughs> Every week. Um, stay tuned. We'll do an Instagram too as well. Um, also going to be starting an email list. So if you want to sign up for our email list, there will be a link in the description below. And uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, we'll hopefully have some good incentives to include in that. Just so we can uh, let you know when episodes are coming out and uh, any other stuff we might want to talk about. And you can email us your questions that you want us to talk about on the show. So uh, yeah, until then, uh, we'll see. We'll be off next week, actually. And then returning the week following. So I'm going to be out of town. Happy week, 4th of so. July. Yep. Yep. Happy Represent those July Bills colors proudly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, until then, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.